Hi, I'm Caroline Amos. And I'm Raymond McAnally. And we are fatigued. (laughs) (laughs) Jill, it is so good to see you. It's good to see you guys. I think the last time I saw you in person was probably our graduation from Nerings Hall. I was thinking the exact same thing, and I was like, that's really sad. I know, and this would be, this year we would be coming up on our um, 10-year anniversary, Yeah, I highly doubt it's going to happen because there's a pandemic happening. Yeah, I went to the five-year, and that was fun. It was just, like, cool to see everybody, but I'm curious to see if there's going to be, like, a virtual something (laughs) or other, and I actually work with two Nerinx alums, so. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's I love two, that. Yeah, two women that graduated much, you know, much before us. But oh, but that's awesome! I love that. Um, so, Jill, you yeah. work with the most adorable children in the world. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> what has it been like being a teacher in the middle of a pandemic? Um, it's been interesting. Um, so <laughs> I'll start from the beginning. This time, actually, probably just close to a year from today was uh, our last, you know, day for, or in person. And we got an email during spring break that said, hey, we're going to close this week right after spring break. So anticipate, you know, just getting emails. We're trying to figure out what's going on and how we're going to safely return. So those two weeks go by and they're just like, yeah, nope, maybe we'll try in April. And so the date just kind of get getting pushed back. And like I told you guys, I remember before, those days. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're just like, oh, yeah, two weeks, and then we'll be back. Two It'll weeks. No, yeah. I'm no, it, it wasn't that way. So, long story short, um, we had to do a lot of, well, like I said, it's preschool, it's special ed preschool. So, uh, things changed dramatically. Um, we were trying to figure out how we're going to get kids to attend virtually because a lot of them don't really even attend, per, you know, in person. We're doing a lot of things to keep them engaged. We have, Oh my gosh, I have more, more strategies to try to get kids just to pay attention to me, you know, throughout the day, whatever. So, and also since it's, it's, you said special needs. Mm -hmm. So you're dealing with a much more varied, um, not only learning style, but, but mobility issues, all sorts of different things on a regular basis. Is that correct? Yes. So I work with kids, um, with a range of abilities. You know, I have some who are, Let's say they might, might be four years old, but they're functioning at two or maybe a year and a half or two years old. So um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have some little guys with Down syndrome. I have some who, you know, mobily are just trying to navigate that life. Um, I have some kids that are really, you know, like very high functioning and they're telling me everything and everything that they know on a day-to-day basis. So the abilities go far and wide. Um, I work with an amazing team of people. I have two other paras that I work with. Um, in addition to a speech pathologist, an occupational therapist, and a physical therapist. Oh my um, God, that's excellent. You have so many great resources oh, wow. there support? for the kids. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So um, I, I'll, with, I'll forego, you know, saying that the districts that I work for, um, just to keep mm-hmm. some, you know, privacy. Absolutely. But, so I work for one district and I'm paired with another. So the partner district that we're paired in is actually in the same area that uh, Caroline and I went to high school. Oh, so I love that area. Yeah, it's Big a good area Lauren. that we're it's going a, to. Right, that mm-hmm. special place in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's just been very interesting, I guess, to to figure out how we're. Um, yeah, like I'm I said, so curious how in the world you do it because it sounds like even in on a regular class day, an in person class day, that room is divided 
with different students getting attention from different um, uh, teachers or specialists, how in the world do you then take that and put it online on a Zoom or something like that? Yeah, that those were the exact same questions we had. We didn't really know, uh, especially we have to think a lot about HIPAA laws. We have to think a lot about the privacy in general of our families and our kids. So we weren't even sure if we could use platforms like Zoom. We weren't sure if we could use platforms like Google Hangouts. So all of these resources that other people have been able to use to kind of meet certain needs, we weren't sure if that was even going to be possible. I had completely forgotten about Wow. So it was pretty wild. Um, And like I said, I'm probably one of the younger teachers at the school and especially within the um, the room that I work in. I'm considered an early childhood special ed teacher and I work in an early childhood um, special education classroom. And there's a variety of different kinds of classrooms. Uh, The one that I teach in specifically is uh, you can hold up to 12 kids. Six of those spots are reserved for kids with IEPs, which are individual education programs. And then the other six spots are reserved for typically developing children. So kids that don't have to use these IEPs to meet their needs. Um, so we were serving both general education and special education. The two women that I worked with at the time, they were both, you know, they're both in their like 50s. And they're freaking out because they didn't have the technology at home. Oh, to that's try and right. Help. There's that technology divide there. Yep, mm-hmm. there is that. We so we saw that divide immediately. Um, I was kind of providing, like I said, kind of that tech support throughout my week into th- for these women, in addition to trying to figure out how we're going to meet services for kids. So IEPs are legal documents. I'm legally obligated to meet all these minutes for children somehow. Um, and DESE, which is the Department of Elementary and Secondary Services, they are, um, they were not as flexible in the beginning of the pandemic on how we were going to meet those minutes. Um, for Was that all because kids. they anticipated a return to normal? I think they didn't really know. caught off guard? I think they were totally caught off guard oh, and were yeah. trying to navigate all of it. You know, I mean, because now they're in charge of all the, you know, the teachers across the, you know, across the state. So for a while, it was very panicked. It was very, um, you know, baptism by fire. I didn't start seeing kids virtually. We were not approved to use Zoom until maybe mid-April, beginning to mid-April. Oh, that's a long spring break. You missed, that's about a month of school. Yeah, we had spring break forever, as like um, we like to call it. And it was, uh, it was just like hard to wrap your mind around. And so we use a lot of different platforms, you know, for kids. And one of them was this program where we could actually lesson plan. So we were able to go in and we had to provide so many activities a day for kids to be able to do at home. So not only are we now coming up with these lesson plans, we're now expecting parents to follow through with these lessons and essentially become their child's teacher at home. Oh my God. And that's so unfair because that's what that's these poor parents are just trying to go out there and do their own jobs on top of a pandemic. And now there's right. so much is already expected of them. Oh God, yes. Jill. Right. So the pressure is just like, I mean, the pressure is just building, right? I mean, teachers feel pressure. You're dumping it right onto parents. Parents are c- coming back. They don't know what to do. Um, so we, I had a variety of different ways people participated. Some parents flat out told me, look, we can't, we can't do this right now. Like it's too much everything's too much. We'll check back in. Like, can you just send an email once a week to check in? Yep. Sure. No problem. Um, other families were on every single zoom call, you know, I'd send a link and they were there and they would show up and 
you know, I'm singing into my computer at 8 a.m. I'm singing Old MacDonald had a farm. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, well, you're you going to have to do that about... for us later. Yes. Yeah, I... you mentioned Connor loving that. Connor loved. Oh, oh, my gosh. Just the, I mean, there were mornings he'd come out and he'd be like, why are you screaming? And I'm like, because <laughs> I'm talking to the kids. <laughs> I was like, this is actually my job. This is like, this is every day for me. Like, this is, we're singing, we're having fun, we're being goofy. And he's like, but it's 8 a.m. I'm like, yeah, dude, the rest of the world is functioning. Like we're, we're going, we, we have to create some kind of structure. Yeah. So thankfully it wasn't like three hours on zoom trying to entertain kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of set it up to where everyone would be able to kind of jump in on calls as they were able. I'm also not allowed to be on a call by myself with a child because that is also, you know, they they can't consent. They're oh, three, wow. four, and five years old. Yeah. Because in the classroom, you wouldn't be. Exactly. Correct? You wouldn't okay. be the only adult in the room. Correct. I would have never expected that particular law to translate over to Zoom. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So we were, um, so I had to have at least another adult on the call with me at all times um, if, I, if we were with kids or families. So I would say that a majority of my time I was spent with like my two paras. Um, they're the best. I, I love these women so much. They're like my second moms and they're amazing. Uh, they did their best with zoom, but we would just like hang out and a kid would pop on and we'd talk as much, you know, some of my kids are nonverbal. So a lot of the time I was being like taken around the house and, you know, we're all like getting dizzy because we're in the bathroom and now we're here, you know, like we were just getting tours of people's houses. Um, we were getting all kinds of good stuff. Kids would come in like half naked. I mean, you name it, it was it was happening. Sounds like a blast. It was. I know. I'm like, hey, like, I, I want, like, I want to do this. This looks great. Like, right? I want to be on the other side of this. Um, so there were there were very really good points, and there were some really just bad days. You know, I mean, that that's teaching in general. There are some really good days, and there are some really bad days. Um, fortunately, we tried to make every day a good day, some way, shape, or form. So. Usually every day I would, after I'd get off Zoom, I would immediately like FaceTime my two paras and we would just like chat and talk about, we're like, oh my God, today sucked. You know, we'd, we'd just go on our rants about how bad the day was, whatever. But it was still, still nice knowing that our dynamic had never changed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we always Well, had, and you still had that support. You weren't siloed. Yes. Trying to figure this out on your own. Exactly. I always think about with the parent thing that we discussed a minute ago, like i my heart does go out. I am I am gleefully not a parent. Um, <laughs> my wife and I are joyously happy, and we have money for vacations. Um, <laughs> but we this is anti child advertising. <laughs> we are. We yeah. We're we're we're, uh, we're not even trying. That's our that's our uh, our catchphrase. I like to say I'm actively not trying. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. But I, but I am an uncle, and I, I do love children. I love being around them and and like getting to know friends' kids. And this whole thing has reminded me of moments as an uncle or as a friend uh, to friends who have kids, where like the the parent has said something a thousand times, and because I swoop in on a weekend, hang out, and I'm fun, and I say it they listen and it makes a difference and like it just how that i guess it goes back to that old saying you know it takes a village that 
because these these kids right now are, are dealing more and more with just their parents. I mean, everybody's fried. Everybody's tired of hearing from the same people. And so I can only imagine how important that is, especially especially when there are special considerations and needs. That, that there's more influence than just the two caregivers at home or the one caregiver at home or whoever that person is. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's, it was... Um... I have, and I say this all the time, I have some of the best families. I have some of the most understanding, patient, just, uh, I, I love my families this year. You know, I, I love my families every year. I'm sure this is, I say this every year, but I truly, this year, I am, I give all the credit in the world to them because, mm. oh my gosh, I, like, I'm not a parent either, right? So I, I'm only stressed out because I have a mountain of paperwork to do. I don't have a mountain of paperwork to do and take care of my kids. And then try to teach them and then try, you know, and so I, I don't, I don't blame any parent for ever skipping out on a zoom call. I don't ever blame a parent for never looking at the lessons that we sent. I, all you, all you can give is grace, right? I mean, if you give it, hopefully you can get it too. Um, Unfortunately, before before the beginning of this year, we did lose two of our staff to COVID. Um, uh, like, one, le- I'm, I'm so sorry, lo- okay. like completely lost. Yes, yes. Oh so, my God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it's been interesting to process, as you can imagine. I mean, any loss is hard to process. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, we found out about our first staff member who had uh, retired a year or two ago and her name is Miss Juanita, and Miss Juanita was very loved and very, very appreciated around the school. And we found about out actually, I found out about her passing through like a KSDK like post, you know, on Facebook or something. Sorry, KSDK is just a, a news station in St. Louis. Yeah, and you know, like I, I saw, you know, I, I see her face in this post, and then I see the headline. I wasn't super close with Wilson. I was only there at the school one year, the year that her last year teaching there. And she was the classroom next door to mine, but, you know, always greeted all of my kids with a smile and always was always the most loving towards those kids and made everybody who walked into her classroom very welcome. So I cherish those parts of Miss Juanita and, you know, her spirit definitely lives on in our, in our preschool. Um, the second staff member that we lost, uh, she was a current staff member. So she was somebody that we saw day after day. Um, we found out about her passing in the beginning of April. Her, you know, I don't want to say like anniversary because that sounds like it's something positive. But um, April 4th of 2020 was her last day with us here on Earth. And yeah, that one hit really hard. Um, that that's still one that a lot of people are still processing. Um, she, Miss TC, Miss TC was the light of you know, I don't want to say the name, but she was, you know, she was just the light of, of the preschool. And, you know, she always said, be happy, be kind, be happy, be kind. And the kids would walk down the hall, be happy, be kind. I mean, th- this woman carried snacks in her pockets. The kids loved her. She sounds like a rock star. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Truly amazing. Um, <sighs> so unfortunately, the last time that 
I got to see her was right before spring break. And I know that she was, um, she either had pneumonia, she had another, you know, it was an illness before she was hospitalized and um, COVID, you know, crept into her, yeah. into her lungs. And COVID has no sympathy for any of that. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Jill. Thank you. That's also what, it, the, April 4th of last year, the pandemic was already so new and so fresh. And uh, I think there's probably a handful of people out there in the world that have not experienced a direct death related to COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine being one of the first people to lose uh, someone close to you uh, who works in the same vicinity as you, has, I bet that was extremely alarming. And um, I can only imagine the panic that must be, must have swept through all of you who have worked with her. Yeah, it was, um, it was really shocking as you can imagine, because we all, you know, people, I wasn't as close with her as um, some of the full day teachers that work at the building were, I got to eat lunch with her every day for like my second year that I worked in the, you know, in the preschool. And like, that was the highlight of my day. Cause I knew she'd always have like different fruits. She'd always like, she'd always have mangoes. She was always just like sharing Ooh, what she had. And she, you know, like, she had those pocket snacks too. Um, <laughs> and she had pocket snacks. I mean, hello, who doesn't love a good pocket snack? Anybody. And She's just, yeah, like I said, she's just the light. And we actually, um, our director is an amazing, amazing woman who got a butter, it's a bench in the shape of a butterfly. And so now we have a bench dedicated to Miss TC out on our playground that sits there. So we can all, you know, sit and it's actually, it's in our butterfly garden. So it all works out. Yeah, which butterfly is garden? Yeah, that's what we call it. Um, that's so special. Yeah, butterflies come and go. We have a little herb garden and some other vegetable stuff going on. Can, can I can I can I be a student there? That sounds like yeah. a blast. <laughs> Starting up again this fall was a very very stressful experience for you. Yeah. So um, you, you got to you, see it all via social media. <laughs> oh yeah, girl, I saw that. Now I'm curious. Uh, do you are you comfortable going into detail about what happened and why it was so stressful for you? For sure. Um, some parts that so let's see where do I start? July. July is kind of where it all um, started unfolding and where most of our questions kind of started popping up. So throughout the summer, we were just told to you know keep an eye on email, keep an eye on these different things. Um, we'll be in contact. So it was late July when the first board meeting came around and. We were all very nervous because it was, you know, it was a closed meeting. Only certain, you know, members of the community were invited, including our director. And at that point, our director had taken a poll from the staff just to see how, how comfortable we felt going in. And within that, within that discussion prior to this board meeting, um, I made it very clear that I was not comfortable, um, that I did not want to be in these classrooms. And as much as I love these kids and would do anything for them, I do not want to be there because mm -hmm. that's not safe. That's literally goes against everything that we've been doing for the last. And you've already lost, months. you've already lost two people from it. So yeah, exactly. I'm totally understandable. Yes. So, um, I think my exact words to all 35 staff members were, I don't want to feel like a lab rat. I do not feel comfortable doing this. And, um, you know, everybody kind of shook their heads and my, the director was like, yeah, like I, I get it. You know, I, I get it. So then we had the board meeting and that first board meeting, they decided that they would revisit opening the preschool. So that was going to be tabled until the next meeting. And the next meeting wasn't going to happen for a few weeks. Like two days later, we find out the board meeting has been moved up to the next, like the following Tuesday. 
I'm like, okay, well, that was quick. That was a quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, so we, w- I went into that again. I'm just viewing this via, you know, YouTube or whatever the link was. And they're talking, they're discussing our preschool and they're talking about us like we don't exist really. You know, I mean, they're talking about the logistics of how the preschool was, would run. And, you know, mm-hmm. they had input from our director and, you know, the teacher input that we gave. And, I'm like on the other side, I'm like screaming, you know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. How are they making decisions on a place they've never even walked into? How are they making a decision for people they've never even met? And it was the conversation about consideration for the students and not the faculty or what what was the conversation? It it was um, between how, like uh, what the capacity would be for the preschool. So would we function at 50%? you know, 30%, like what, how many kids would be in each classroom? How would we even do social? Yeah. Cause that kind of begs the assumption we are opening. It's just a matter of in what capacity. Yeah. Right. So all in all, the board came to decide that we were definitely going to be in person 100% of the time at 50% capacity. And that's, that, 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 did you feel like you were like, you know, um, dispensable? 100%. Like it's it's almost as if they it's like okay, well we'll lose a couple more along the way but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like there's more people behind, well, yeah. And I remember seeing a lot of that uh, around the reopening in the fall. Um these discussions seem to be it's kind of why I asked the question, sorry if it was leading, but no. the the fact that the consideration was about the students, but not about that there needed to be a human being who now has to play some sort of health department official role along with teaching along with, I mean, I remember faculty friends, I have friends who teach from your, um, your position all the way to ages, you know, in grad school and stuff like that. And they're, they were like, I I now have to do twice the work because I have to come up with lesson plans for the students in person and the students at home. And nobody's offering me any more money and I have to put my health at risk. Right. Right. Like, do you feel your blood boiling? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, did they, how did they, did they make any effort to make you feel like you were safe? So not until we were really in the building. Um, so we pushed back the start date for kids, for teachers. We started the normal time that we would have normally, we, you know, we went into the building a week early. Um, the kids didn't start until a week later. And I remember like walking in, I mean, like I said, Caroline, you kind of saw this all unfold, um, via social media from me. and. I mean, I panicked, you know, as soon as that, as soon as that call, as soon as the decision was made that we were going to be hundred percent in person, you know, at 50% capacity, my, 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 my stomach dropped, my mind raced and I went into full on panic mode. Um, yeah. I work in a district that is very well off, you know, like it, it is, it has really good resources and, um, never did I think that I'd have to be providing my own, um, PPE or things like that just to be in, in the school. Did you so have to? This is that's what I thought. Because we weren't really sure, I just I, I panicked, like I said, and I just started I started filling up an Amazon wish list like it was my job. I dumped everything. I mean, I was putting doubles of things in there in case, you know, kids we couldn't share materials. I was putting hands, I mean gallons of hand sanitizer in there, plexiglass, you name it, it was on the Amazon <laughs> wish list. Caroline, thank you again for your donation. Oh God, it's really my pleasure. It. Yeah. But um, like I mean, within minutes though people had filled it up. I mean, people had taken everything and I had packages arriving on my door within four oh, or five wow. days of that. 
Well, we care a lot about you and we want to make sure that you get out of this thing intact. Yes. So, and, yeah. and I think that right there, that was like my first, like, oh my God, people care, you know, like people yeah. really care and people don't want to really teachers to be there either. Like, you know, like my friends, a lot of my friends don't have kids right now, but they can see how this is ridiculous putting, you know, teachers in this position. So like yeah. you said, Raymond, I was um, kind of feeling all those same things. Okay. Well now I'm a teacher. I'm a healthcare or something or other. Um, I have to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pile just kept adding on. I wasn't getting paid anymore. I wasn't, you know, being offered any more benefits. And you're kind of touching on, you know, when we do these interviews I, and I'm, and I look at the news, uh, I'm constantly reminded having to remind myself that all of these things can be bad situations simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It can be horrible that the kids aren't able to go back to school. And it can also be horrible that the teachers have to p- expose themselves. Right. And it can be horrible for the parents. And it, it can just all around be a shitty situation for everybody. And we're all right in being like, this isn't this isn't the way to do it. Right. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that that it's a bad idea to open back up. It's a bad idea, you know. Absolutely. I just thinking back to last August and September after watching the summer number spikes mm. and everything, I can't imagine I I I would have probably destroyed my TV watching <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I drank a bottle of wine immediately after and you know, whatever. Don't don't blame after you every lesson. <laughs> after every class you taught. <laughs> exactly. I mean at that point, holy cow. Um actually thankfully Thankfully, I guess my drinking really didn't increase or decrease. It, it kind of stayed mid-level. Um, <laughs> oh, you were already then, there. Okay, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> good for you. Uh, you were already at a high volume of consumption. Uh, I was, um, like I said, special in preschool. It's a good time, but it'll yeah. it'll make you want to rip your hair out. Hey, that old McDonald isn't going <laughs> to sing itself. You know, you got <laughs> to get warmed up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, those first few days, I was just very angry being back. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't angry at my coworkers. I wasn't angry at my director. I wasn't even angry with my direct supervisor with the, um, the district that I work for. And, um, it was just a lot of, I just felt very hurt, I guess is the best, um, word to describe it. I, in no, in no way do I think my situation is unique in no way do I think that, um, you know, what, what I went through is it was so horrible. I mean, cause I'll be honest, I've had it pretty good. You know, like I'm a healthy 28 year old woman. I, um, you know, I work, like I said, in a district that provides just about anything. Uh, I am work for and am partnered with districts that are very caring and very supportive. So I think people had it way worse than I did. I just love to be vocal about um, my complaints. Yeah. So well, just because and someone, su- just because someone is having it worse than you, it doesn't negate the fact that you are also going through a hard and stressful time. You know, I think it's really easy to get stuck in this mindset in the pandemic. Like, you know, you could get COVID and be really, really sick, but you can think to yourself, well, I wasn't on a ventilator, so I really didn't have it that bad. But meanwhile, it doesn't, you still, we're all still collectively going through a traumatic event and that we're not going to get over it anytime soon. And, you know, whether or not you had it better than someone else, no one is walking out of this unscathed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I don't don't blame you for speaking out. Yeah. All that stuff is so relative, you know, like it's not, it's not a game where the person who has it worse is the only one who gets to feel bad. Yeah. But I did want to cover, you mentioned that your district, Mm -hmm. so you opened up Mm -hmm. in the fall and then, but you've had a very good, at least at your school, you had a success rate. 
It yeah. was very good. So by this, I think it was up until like November, we had finally had our first positive case in the school. Our not until case. November? Not until November. Yeah. That's great. It's oh, incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Especially because my third day there in person with kids, um, I was coming back from lunch and I was told to get out of the building immediately. And I didn't know what was happening. And then I go out and I see a, my one of the parents that I work with also outside of the building. And we're looking, I was like, what's going on? And she said, I, I don't know. I was told that I had to get out immediately. So we're standing there. The director comes out and um, she's very, you know, she's doing her job. She was very firm, very clear, and just was trying to figure out what was going on. So I had received then a phone call from HR from the district that I work for. And I have not yet received a phone call from the district that I'm paired with. So um, I get this phone call and they're like, you've been exposed on this date. You need to leave the facility, you know, like immediately, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, when? Like, so they're doing all this contact tracing, which amazing. I am very thankful for, but it was very confusing. So myself and a coworker were standing outside and we're wondering who exposed us first. Like we, this is day three. Like every kid is wearing a mask. Every adult is wearing a mask. How have we been exposed? We find out later that it was like a meeting that I had the Friday before one of the women in this meeting, mind you, this meeting was outside. (laughs) We were at least 10 feet apart from one another and we all had masks on. So like it was the safest outdoor meeting that we could have ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, So we find out that one of the women in that group had tested positive and had COVID because we were the classroom that met with her we were told we need to get out of the building immediately. I mean, my director looked at me and she said, sit on the curb. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, you got it. Like, I'll sit down right here. Like, you can't, you can't stand? Like, what? <laughs> it was just like, because as we're being told to sit, I'm coming back from lunch. So as we're being told to sit, all the cars are pulling up to drop the afternoon session off. And she was more afraid of the um, the parents kind of seeing this all go down and then panicking. She was just essentially trying to create less panic among the community. That's fair. Very fair. And I, like I said, I respect the hell out of this woman. Um, I was very, it, it was very shocking um, to be talked to. Well, like, it, well you must if she <laughs> told you to sit on a curb and you did it. It kind of sounds like, like okay. you're about to be interrogated by the police. Like yes. you sit, we're going to handcuff you. Don't you move. Like, <laughs> right. Or they were trying like to get very... your aerosols closer to the ground, you know, <laughs> right. trying to make sure that when you did spray the virus, it was almost at, at street level? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Right. I don't like, know. I'm just like... Raymond, I'm so glad you didn't go into science. <laughs> it was very messy in the beginning. Um, it was very confusing about when I could come back to school, when I couldn't. Turns out they learned the um, how our meeting had happened. They learned that we were 10 feet apart wearing masks and outside. So that didn't warrant for a full... Um, you know, like a full, what am I trying Isolation. To say? Isolation. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So I was okay to go back to work the next day. They had been like, yep, you're good. No big deal. Come oh my back. God. But all that stress only to be able to go back into work the next day. I mean, that is so, oh, the panic and the tension is so high. <laughs> right? It's pretty wild. You know, I, I don't get to talk to parents like I used to. I don't get to, you know, like have that same interaction. Um, it just feels very disconnected. There's a lot, um, a lot of our families you know, some were furloughed, some lost jobs, some, you know, some had their jobs, but they were still required to go in or they are working from home, but they work this high pressure job. And it's really hard to now be with their kid. 
um, because our preschool is only functioning at 50% capacity or is functioning at 50% capacity, my classroom, it was only seeing, I could only accept six kids. And by law, those six kids have to be the kids with IEPs. So, um, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's like a whole new added thing, right? Because all of our kids are required to wear masks. And you know who don't like to wear masks um, are kids mm. that are functioning around two years old and eat, yeah. don't even have like the motor mouth control to keep their mouth closed and essentially are just getting their masks soaking wet all day. Like I, I change masks probably four or five times a day in the morning, like in my morning class, because they're what we refer to as early learners. And so they're just all mm-hmm. little guys who are developmentally delayed, um, by maybe a year or so. And one of my guys doesn't even wear a mask because I physically cannot put it on him. He will not, he, he can't tolerate it. And who am I to say he can't come in the building? So -hmm. now we're running into this problem because if the, if our, um, you know, our policy for the preschool is to everyone, every child has to wear a mask, but I have a kid who I have to serve minutes for mandated by the state who doesn't wear a mask, who's out of compliance? Mm-hmm. How, how do we deny kids access to free and public education? Do you know how many of my little friends love to be the mask police? Because it's all of them. They all, I mean, like, <laughs> I let, you know, like I'll step out of the room and I'll pull it off to take a drink of water or coffee or whatever. And I have like four kids that are like, mask on. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I just need a drink of water. Like, oh my God, I love them. Let's put them in charge. Oh Honestly, people <laughs> would probably listen. These kids are kind of scary sometimes. Um, no, but like, it's things like that. So I have really like my older guys in the afternoon, they're all so great. I mean, they, the first day they're like, hey, Miss Chill, like, there's germs. And I'm like, oh, there's germs. They're like, COVID's bad. And I'm like, oh, it's so bad. And, you know, and like, they'll wash their hands and come up to me and be like, no germs. And I'm like, no germs. Like, we're having a party here. And so, like, and then they lick their palm. And then like, wait. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Miss Jill, come here. Let me lick your face. Do you have any other really funny kids' stories that you can share? Because I'm living for these. Oh, my God, Caroline, I have so many. The first story is we were reading this book about different kind of families and all the, you know, with, there's adoption, there's, you know, there's people that have two moms, people that have two dads that, you know, it goes through all these different kinds, but all the characters, yeah, it's a really great book. Um, and they're the characters in this book though are all animals. And so the one about the page about adoption were two sheep and the, the child they adopted was a wolf. Okay. So I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, so I start inquiring. I was like, oh, does anybody know what adoption is? And they're like, they're like no, I've never heard of that. And so we kind of like briefly talk what adoption means and, you know, what that could look like. And one of my, this little guy is like looking at me. He's pretty worried. And he's like, uh, Miss Jill. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, is he uh, going to eat his pants when he grows up? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I, don't, uh, I hope not. And, I, and I, now I have like a whole audience of adults because we have so many adults in the room and we're all like dying laughing. I'm like, I'm like, that would be a real tragedy if he ate his parents. He's like, I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. I'm like, yeah, you and me both did. Oh my God. Um, same kid a few days later, we're talking about, we talk a lot about animals in preschool. And, um, it was a stupid little like gift that I had showed the kids. And it was this goat that slid down the slide and he, the goat fell off. And I was like, Oh no, like who could he ask for help? And our speech language pathologist, she's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
he could ask his mom. And we're, no, we're all laughing because she makes the boat noise. That's and great. This, yeah, this other little guy, he looks and he goes, or oh, he could ask his dad. And he's just like, sure. You got to be careful. That kid's going to grow up to be a comedian or an actor someday. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he, if he's not already, holy cow. I was like, I looked and I was like, you are a funny guy. And he goes, yeah, I am a funny guy. Okay, humble. May we all have the confidence of a kid who's really good at cracking jokes. In spite of what's going on in the world right now, I want to know what's giving you hope. Well, actually, I am so thrilled to be sharing this news with the both of you. Um, I received an email on Wednesday or Thursday that the district will be paired with an organization to vaccinate teachers. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. We are, if not the first, one of the first um, districts in St. Louis to be getting vaccinated through our school district. That so, makes me so, I'm so happy yeah. for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I, I truly did not think this day was going to come for me. Cause like I said, I'm a healthy 28 year old woman living my life. Yeah. Oh, well, um, and the universe seems to like never, ever take care of its teachers. So right. nice to hear that like someone's uh, stepping in and making sure that you're getting the, the yes. s- a safety you need. Yes. Um, and that it's going through the district. Right. Yeah, that was actually the biggest piece of it all. Um, we are paired with, and I'm, oh my gosh, now I can't remember the organization's name. Um, but we're paired with an organization that typically administers flu shots to us every year. And so they, upper administration, our superintendent worked, they worked their asses off for this to happen. Oh my gosh. I am so happy for you. Thank you. Congratulations, Jill. Thank you. Hey, this is Caroline. And Raymond. Thank you so much for listening to Fatigued. From patients to paramedics, long haulers to lessons learned. Sure, it's the same virus, but these are very different stories. If you have a question or a story you'd like us to address on an episode, please email us at fatiguedpodcast at gmail.com. That's F-A-T-I-G-U-E-D podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Clubhouse. Right? Clubhouse, what is that? I don't even know, but whatever it is, we're here to offer genuine conversation so we can humanize the issues surrounding COVID and the pandemic. These stories deserve the space to be remembered, and we relish the opportunity for connection in this isolated time. Perhaps you will, too. Stay positive. Test negative. And thanks for listening. Bye.